0: welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the word as we begin today's episode. Today, I have the privilege of starting our series, um, a new series called The Cry for Community cry for community, all about God's design for community and how you fit into it. Now, it may be a little uh, radical for you, may may seem kind of strange to you. Often God's ways seem strange to man. Uh, And uh, culture would often tell us, uh, try to tell us what is normal uh, and God's ways may seem a little strange. And that is the case with this subject. And uh, let me just back up. First of all, uh, maybe you 're here maybe you 're kind of new to church, which we love actually, we love that if you 're here, you know it, you, you don 't usually go to church you don 't know the lingo welcome like we want this to be a place not just as a we don 't want this just to be a country club for Christians uh, we want this to be a, a hospital for the hurting uh, we we, lo- we would love for you even as a, a regular attender to feel feel comfortable bringing anybody to church. And uh, I, I'm sort of determined to make a fresh commitment to to do more explaining about the of the things that we do and just to help people uh, help people come on board with us and help you. We don't want to I mean, no, be a stumbling block to anything that God is doing in people's lives, whether it's like familiar language that only we understand. We don't we don't want any part of that. And so um, we're just so glad you're here. If, man, It takes courage to come into a church. Maybe you're here for the first time. I know it takes courage to come into the church. Uh, we we can do some strange things that don't seem strange to us anymore, but they may seem strange to you. So thank you for being here. And um, so maybe you're here and you don't. You're like, what is community first of all, and why in the world would I cry for it? Like cry for community. What is that about? It's a great question. Uh, community. The word is actually not in Scripture, but it, it describes uh, this very biblical. Idea of uh, human relationships, Christian relationships, and, and it really it describes God's design uh, for how we interact with one another. Man, it, I mean, you know, it's so important to understand that. Like, how how should we relate to one another? That you know, what is community? Is is this community here, is, sitting in a room with other Christians, is that community? Is it something different? And we'll, we'll talk about these things, but. Just know that it is God's design. God has designed us to relate to one another in a certain way. And that's important to know because if, if there is a great designer, which we believe that there is, his name is God. And if we believe that he is good, which we do believe he's good, right? Do we believe he's good? Then what he designed is ultimately for our good. And if things are not good, then they must not be according to his design. Okay, good. You're with me. Just making sure, fill in the blank here this morning. So uh, God has a design. It's good. Anything that's not good in our lives is because it's not according to God's design. Uh, And so uh, how do things not, how do things fall out of his design? Well, uh, there's not only a designer, but there's also a deceiver and this is the the enemy of God from the beginning, Satan, who from the beginning has tried to distort God's creation. Uh, he's tried to ruin it, uh, and we, everyone here, is a human being. I pre- I presume, and you all understand this—that like things may start out like great, and then they just like somehow, somewhere, get off the tracks. I mean goodness if you're a parent you've ever taken a vacation you know you know your expectations are high like you're going to Disney World like it's the most magical place on earth and you take kids there and like after three days you're like "Ah, I'm ready to throw these kids okay sorry I'll tone that back down You're ready? You're ready just to like, uh, we're going home. Fine. You know, like it's just perfection only lasts a certain amount of time. I mean, one of our favorite family stories, we were going to Hawaii. Perfection, paradise. Well, we landed, uh, the airplane landed, we got in vans and we drove out of the city into the sticks, y'all know know what sticks are, right? Like you're all from y'all, we're in Mississippi. You know what sticks are like into the boonies. Did you know Hawaii had boonies? It does. There's places in Hawaii that look just like the rural parts of Mississippi. And we found ourselves there and it was like the sequel to Paradise Lost, you know, like we're driving out of the city and like, wait a minute, where did the beaches go? Where did perfection go? Where did this go wrong? And you know that's just life. Uh, so often for us, maybe you, you've cried that out in so many situations. Where did this go wrong? You know, we, we, maybe it was uh, you know a relationship or marriage. Even it's like your wedding day, perfect, and then boom, life hits. Boom, somewhere the deceiver comes in. Somewhere the distorter comes in, and life isn't so perfect anymore. Marriage isn't so perfect anymore. And so we all understand this idea of. Of somehow you know the design gets distorted, and i mean you know when it, when we, when that happens it's important to come back to god's design and I really honestly can't think of many uh play, more places more uh off the tracks than when I look at us as a as an American church and how we've kind of gone off the rails of, of of what God designed for us with community and human relationships. And coincidentally, Jesus said, it's by the your relationships with one another that the world will know that you're my disciples. So this is a hugely important subject, that we know what God's design is for our relationships because it's actually the way that other people are going to know that he is good and he is loving. Whew. Isn't that a daunting sort of responsibility for us to... Live this way, that, a way that reflects His goodness and His love, and so that's the context of, uh, of of this message this morning. But you know what? What I love about God's design is that it's not only it's not just good for His sake; it's good for your sake too. Uh, that His design not only brings Him glory, but it also brings you good that it is the actually it's actually just it's actually the best way for you to live life. It's it's the key to happiness it is is actually following his design. And so uh so we want to sort of recover what does it mean to live in community with one another. And and take what the enemy has twisted. The enemy loves to twist normal into strange. Because the way we live life together as a church the world would call strange and I want to recover normal today. I, I hope that God, God would restore some faith in your heart today that you would go from maybe seeing uh, Christian community as strange to strangely normal, that, that man God would just burst some courage in your heart to take a step towards community. So that's my goal. That's where we're headed. Are you with me? Let's do it. Uh, Acts chapter 2. Let's dive in together Uh, and looking at God's design. So we all know, you probably know the story, Adam and Eve uh, let sin enter into the world. It, It twisted God's design, not just... Uh, for creation, but for God's people. And uh, man, the Old Testament is just spent describing the frustrations God had with people. And he had to implement all these rules because people left to themselves would literally kill each other. And so God, uh, in Acts chapter two, Jesus has just Uh, Jesus has just died, rose from the dead. He's about to ascend back to heaven. He says, but before I go, I'm going to send a helper to you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And up until now, Jesus is saying, you have relied on me going around and teaching the gospel of the kingdom. But now I'm giving that job to you. And now you all together are going to be a display of my love and my goodness to the world. And that is the design for this this new kingdom that Jesus instituted. And so we can look in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit fell to see the design God had for the church. So Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit has just fallen. There was a group of, uh, Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and wait for this Holy Spirit. So they went there. They waited in an upper room for 10 days, more on that later. And uh, they got in unity together and the Holy Spirit fell. Now, what happened next was strange. If you've never read Acts chapter 2, it's strange. Somebody say strange. Uh, so they, the Holy Spirit fell and it was like fire on their heads and they started speaking in tongues. Uh, they spilled out into the streets and they, the, the onlookers who were witnessing this said that they were drunk. Like this was, this was strange. You know, maybe some, maybe some of you have seen some strange things in church. If you've been to a, you know, grew up in a Pentecostal church, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, church can be strange. But, but the, the miracle here was um, Peter got up and he explained, wait, 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 wait. This isn't just like, this, this isn't the kind of strange you're thinking about. This is like, this is God, God's strange. He got up and he preached Jesus. And uh, he preached Jesus. And instead of running away, the people were actually drawn in. And I think it's a good note for us that man, when when strange things happen, you need to explain it, <laughs> uh, and you need it needs to be about Jesus. And so that's what this event was. Pentecost was. Uh, was this outpouring of the Spirit of God. And it was, it was strangely normal. Instead of running away, people were drawn in. And Peter get up, gets up, preaches Jesus, and we pick up with it in verse 40 right here. This is, this is the beginning of, of community, of the church, of how they related to one another. Check this out. Verse 40, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. What's he saying here? He's saying, "No, no, no, this is not strange. The way that you guys have been living in the world is strange." He's sort of redefining, you know, this idea of what what strange is. He's like, "No, no, this is a new way of living. You guys need to need to need to twi- change your definition of what is strange and what is normal." Verse 41, then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly. This is the church, the beginning of the church. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. This is what happens when the church is the church. Fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. those who are being saved amen and this is the beginning of the church amen uh and it may seem a little strange to you i mean i think if we take a look at this passage and we sort of match it up to our lives we're like wow that mean that's a little much right Like we, we as, as Westerners with our busy schedules and, you know, like we've, we've just so lost like a sense of community, even as a, as a culture, you know, we we don't, we don't have any more front porches. You know what I mean by that? Like you back in the olden days and I love Andy Griffith. Oh, what a show. Anybody, any Andy Griffith fans in the house? Oh, my people, my people, you know they man, what'd they do? They just sit on the front porch all the time, just waving at people. They'd Go up on other people's front porches. And the front porch was like this, this bridge from like the the public to, to the private. Like it wasn't quite private. You know, it's, it's one thing to like go in somebody's house. That's sort of that seems sort of intrusive. That seems almost threatening to some people, but like the front porch, on the other hand, it's like, hey, that's that's a little bit less threatening. I can invite anybody to my front porch. And, but it was this sort of step towards greater intimacy. We don't have that. Man, we got garages where I pull up in my driveway, pop that button, open the garage, drive in, close it. I'm in the house. I don't have to see anybody. Hallelujah. You know, we've got social, social media. Where we 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 can be friends with each other, but not actually have any meaningful interaction whatsoever. Do you see like how this is so strange? Uh, th- th- this challenges our culture in a, in such a good and healthy way. It, it challenges us even our notion of what 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 church is. So like you may be asking like, well, what is community? Is it is it this group? I mean, uh, we we've got you know, presumably a room full of Christians here. I'm I'm in church on Sunday, right? Isn't that, doesn't that count for something? I would say, yeah, they met in the temple. They met in this large assembly, but then also says they broke bread from house to house daily. So uh, that means to me that this large gathering, man, it's great and you need it, but there's more. And in the same token, if if that's all you do is like, well, I I don't need church. I just need, I don't mean to mock. I'm sorry. That's, that's rude. But it's like, I don't need church. I just, it's just me and my best friend in the Bible in a coffee shop. It's like, well, I mean, that, that's great. Like kudos to you. There's lots of worse things you could be doing. I'm sure God, God's going to bless whatever he can in your life, but you're missing out. You're missing out. I mean, worship was fantastic, right? Like, this is, this is so needed. It's so good for my soul every week. And so, you know, I got a message this past week from somebody who was like, it, sadly, he's like, this church has outgrown me. I'm looking for another church. I was like, golly, hurts my heart so much. For one, like, we should be celebrating growth. and We do. Healthy things grow. I'm a huge believer. Healthy things grow. Like, praise God for the growth of word of life. I mean, like, but the enemy, see what he does? He tries to come and say, well, like, the church is getting too big. Nobody knows you. And it's like, and I understood what he meant. He was saying, like, we don't feel connected to anybody. And and like, I, I get that. I understand that. You're, you're not supposed to walk away from even, even a Sunday morning service and think, well, that was all, that's all I needed. I just had church. It's not designed that way. I would even I would just warn you, like, if that's you, if this is your only experience of church is Sunday morning service, you're missing out. And I would, I I mean, there's a caution in there of like, you're setting yourself up for failure. Like you're tricking yourself into thinking that you're experiencing all of what God has for you. And I'm sorry, but like, there's just more that you need. And that is like more close, close knit relationships with people that like people that know you, people that know what's going on in your life. And so, uh, so this is what the early church did. I mean, and so let's just be honest with ourselves like doesn't it feel I mean doesn't that feel challenging to you like like cuz our culture is so like conflicting with this even just like them selling their possessions and giving to those that had need I mean what, like what kind, doesn't that seem extreme in like this me-centered culture where inflation is rampant I mean just having people over in your house every day Whew, I got 4 kids Like it's hard for me to keep, it's hard for us to keep our house clean for five minutes. Like the cleaning, we have a cleaning lady that comes once a month. She comes and cleans in the morning. By the time I I think, supposedly she comes because by the time I get home from work at the end of the day, the house looks kind of like it did before with four kids. And so, uh, man, like thinking about hosting somebody every day, right? Because we expect as a culture, if I'm going to invite somebody over, I got to have it just perfect. It's like, they didn't have perfect houses back then. Like they, they're sure it wasn't clean every time, but they valued, they valued it so much. They didn't care what their homes looked like. I want it to feel a little bit challenging for us because I think we need to feel challenged. In this culture that we live in, I think we need to feel challenged. We need God's design to challenge us. We need God's design challenge us. We, we, it's good that it feels a little bit strange. My first encounter with community was very strange. Uh, my, it was in high school and I grown up in a church that was like, you just needed me, God, Holy spirit, Bible, warm hug on Sunday. That was about it. Uh, we, all we did was meet in the large assembly, no small groups or anything. And I got invited to a small group Bible study uh, by a girl in high school. And as a high school boy, I made it a rule to accept all of those invitations. And so I said, yes, I took a buddy from the baseball team over after practice. One day we were late getting there, pulled up cars everywhere. We, we, we opened the door and do you ever just have those moments when you're like, oh no, like what am I doing here? Because we walked in, and not only were there some girls there, there were all girls there, a living room full of teenage girls. What do you think they might have been doing that would cause me to feel such panic in that moment? They were all crying. Tears, sniffles, tissue, everything. And I, the only thing I could think was, I have to get out of here as fast as possible. Uh, something, though, took over, and whether it was just good manners or whatever, I, I ended up just sitting down, still in shock, and just trying to figure out what was happening. What, why would these girls be crying like this? Like, what's going on? And I, But I stopped long enough to sense, like, the presence of God. And, and I started listening, and and there was just this one girl just sharing, just opening up her heart. And I was like, this is weird. She's opening up her heart, pouring. I'm like, oh God, please get me out of here. She's sharing her feelings, and but but I realized like, wow, she's like being real, like she's. And then I realized like, wait, this girl, she's got a reputation. It's like, what, what strange power is this that caused somebody like this to open up herself to this room full of girls? And then I watched that those girls just, man, they just spoke truth over her, scripture, and they prayed over her. I was like, this is, this is strange. Somebody say Strange strange this is like pentecost strange to me what i imagine they must have felt like at pentecost in some ways of like this is so alarming to my senses but there's something real here there's something real here and in that bible study it kept it met the next week uh and met the week after the week after and that bible study continued for two more years until we graduated thankfully some some dudes joined the bible study as well but it was this incredible just community experience where we just learned how to like live life together shared just struggles with each other in a healthy way and uh, man just we we saw lies replaced with truth and man, if you've never been a part of a community like that, man, that, that's, that's what God has for you. A place for you to draw near to people where you can just, just be open and honest about what the enemy is just trying to do, the distorter. He's trying to disrupt your life. And it's, it's, it's this place where we, where you surround yourself with the strength of others. And you leave with this this renewed like hope of like no God is bigger than this problem and I, I was I've been wrestling with this by myself but it took me getting in community for actually me to be strengthened to believe that His Word is true. Anybody ever experienced that? Am I alone? I mean, it's just, it's from that day on that that crazy experience. It, community has been a, a just a a core value of my life ever since. Uh, through college, uh, you know, everywhere I've moved, it's been, God, I believe this is your design. And this is good news for us here. If it's God's design, then it's his promise for you. If it's God's design, then you can ask God for it confidently. And you can expect in faith for him to send the people to you. Maybe you're in this place and you're just like, I just don't know who that would be. I feel alone and I don't even know where to start. And I, my, my, heart is with you and goes out to you. And, you know, I don't, I don't preach this message because I, um, I, I don't, I'm not an extrovert. Like I, I, I'm not the most confident person when it comes even to like making friends. If I'm just going to be really honest with you, like I'm an introvert. I love being by myself. Like it's uncomfortable for me uh, to, to, to really uh, expose myself in some ways. But, I, but I've, there's a truth that, that God is, has just planted in my heart that overcomes all those insecurities now. And now it's it's not hard for me to make the choice anymore. Because I've learned that, uh, Lord, that even though community is not perfect, that even though it brings up these insecurities in me, and even though the people are way different from me, that on the other side, if I press through, there's power on the other side. There's all kinds of things you have to press through. You have to press through the differences between all of you. I mean, it's like, how how can they understand me? They're in such a different place of life or like, what if they see this about me or that about me? I have to press through my own insecurities and it's still messy. You know, I've been in so many small groups that are just messy. It's like, it it, it takes a, it's a choice to, to just to keep going. But you know what I've experienced every time there's just power on the other side. And let me say this too. And I'm, kind of getting off of my notes here but it's okay. I um so that I had that experience in high school and in college I, I man I, I fell into just a pit of depression. Uh, I really well you can maybe even correlate it to I lost that community when I went to college. It was it was I started fresh and uh some things happened and I just felt like a failure. I felt like I had missed God and and disappointed him. I've preached about that a little bit before. And I just was in this place where I felt far from God. Uh, and, and I didn't feel like I had anything to give. And, and I just, I felt like I had to figure myself out before I could really be a part of community. I felt like I had to fix myself as if, as if, <laughs> as if my, my wholeness and my completion were the prerequisite for community. Let me, let me, friends, let me tell you this morning, it is not. That the strength of community is not in you being perfect. The strength of community is not you having a great personality. The strength of community is not in you being some amazing person that people just love to gravitate towards you. The, 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 The strength of community is Jesus. The strength of community is his Holy Spirit that binds us all together. Man, that takes the pressure off me. I don't have to be cool enough. I don't have to be smart enough. I don't have to, you know, come with some amazing Bible truth. You know what all I have to have is just the Holy Spirit. And so the Lord, I I, I was close enough with him where I, I sensed like I just, I needed to go somewhere. And I actually moved to China with a missions organization. Uh, I reluctantly sort of answered that call, not feeling like I had anything to give, but You know, the miracle of what God did in me in China was he placed me on a team. And, uh, man, that team helped. God used that team to put me back together. Man, God used that team to, like, pull things out of me that I forgot I had had in me. I rediscovered, oh man, like I am perfectly and wonderfully made. It it exposed lies of the enemy that I had been believing that were brought to the light and they spoke truth over me. And these people were different. Like there was a 65 year old lady from Oregon who could not have been more different than me. Uh, There was a guy from Michigan and those people are different, you know, and uh, like none of them were like me at all. But man, God, but, but we had one thing in common. We had the Holy Spirit in us. And, and I yielded myself and let the Holy Spirit do a work through me that would not have happened if I had not chosen to be in community with these people. It was strange, but there was power. Somebody say strange. Somebody say power. And that's the, that's the lineage of Pentecost. It was strange, but it, there was power. The enemy is going to tell you that to live this way is strange. to to uh, To depend on other people like this is that's just weakness. Oh, friends, let me tell you, to to rely on one another is the greatest strength you'll ever experience in your life. Oh man, to draw strength from one another, to to open up and 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 see that I don't have to carry my struggles alone; that someone else can help carry them with me and. Did you know that you've got blind spots that other people see 2020? That 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 you we lie, we walk through life and there's things that man you don't even know that you believe that are off. There, there's things that man, there's 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 lies that we operate under that we're immersed in that we can't even see. But you know what? My brother can. In community, my, my, my brother can that I that that and I've got a small group of guys that we've met together for, 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 we've met together in person every year for eight years. We, we, we get together, we do this deep dive and we talk about life and we share things. And I always walk away saying, man, I didn't even know that I was believing that. But I come away like having with, with truth that somebody saw, they asked me a question. I gave an answer and they said, well, have you thought about this? I'm like, no, I didn't even think about that. Thank you so much. And it's just man, the, the lies of the enemy are exposed and truth is held up. I want to, I just want to give you hope today. I, I, I want, I, again, I'm, I'm not lifting my myself up. I want to just lift this design up that God has for each and every one of us. And you may say like, well, where, how do I start? Like, where does community start? How do I even begin to find those people? Uh, Look around, I would say is my first answer. Like who's in front of you? Who's around you? Who, who do you just like rub up against in life with? Who do you look forward to seeing on a Sunday? Simple. Are, are you in a life group? You can join it today. Join one today. Are you on a serve team here? We have great community amongst our serve teams. Maybe there's a neighbor. Maybe there's some family. It's okay to start with one. Ask God for one person. Just make sure they're hungry for Jesus because you know what? Your personality is not strong enough to to sustain community. Only Jesus is strong enough to sustain community. And let me just say this too. I haven't said this in any other service. Please don't look to community to be your everything, don't look for any relationship to be your everything. Don't look for marriage to be your everything. Jesus is the only one who can be your everything. Community for the sake of community is an idol. But community in the pursuit of Jesus is heaven. It's Jesus that holds community together. Amen. Let me go back to that other slide there uh, about uh, the, how to find community uh, it takes two hundred hours to make a close friend. I read this in a study somewhere from some sociologist It makes It takes two hundred hours to make a close friend. It takes time everybody so don 't give up man maybe you join a small group, a life group, and you're like, you 're like, go one time you 're like that was that was strange that was weird i 'm not going back to that group. I did not feel like they we clicked at all, give it time, give it time. Don't give up on it. it takes two, hundred. you know, that's one lunch every day for four years. You see why they met together daily? God is smart. Jesus is smart. You know how smart Jesus is? And we'll, we'll close with this. Who was in the upper room? Go back, go back before Pentecost when Jesus sent them all to the upper room. Who was in the upper room? there's 120 of them. It was Jesus's disciples. It was Jesus's family. Funny enough, scripture says that his mother, Mary was in the upper room. Do you know that Mary was at Pentecost speaking in tongues? You can tell all your Catholic friends. Um, <laughs> I love the Catholics. It's okay. Um, So it was Jesus' disciples, his family. It was Jews. It was Gentiles. It was all the people Jesus touched. Think about it. Think about lepers. Think about prostitutes, Roman soldiers. What a collection of people. There is no way these people would have ever gotten along on their own. We know that the disciples bickered constantly with themselves. They're always trying to to get ahead of one another. I imagine that that Jesus' family was a little bit salty about the disciples. Think about it. Jesus spent so much time with the disciples, and he said, Who is my brother? Who is my mother? How do you think that made his family feel? You think they may have had a little bit of chip on their shoulder against the disciples? And then you got the Jews with their nose stuck up over the Gentiles. and You have the haves and have-nots. There were rich. there were poor. These people should not have gotten along. Jesus could have picked a group of people that they all looked alike. They all came from the same background. And he could have chosen them to start his church. But you know what? He chose a group of the most diverse cross-section of people you could have ever imagined. Praise God. You know what? That gives me hope. That gives me hope that I am not weird enough to mess up community. That no matter how what kind of idiosyncrasies I have, how strange I may be, that there is hope for me to have community. You know how long they were in that upper room? Together in tight spaces? Ten days. You know what ten times twenty four hours is? 240 hours. You think Jesus knew what he was doing? You think Jesus knew the importance of this group getting close together? They hit that 200 hour mark and they needed forty extra because they were pretty they were pretty weird uh, They needed that little extra time to cook you know uh, and so but but Jesus knew man, I need these people to get close. I I need them to be united by my spirit. And then the, and then it says they got into one accord. Uh, Somehow over the period of 10 days, they, they, they prayed and they remembered, you know what guys, let's put our differences aside. This is all about Jesus. Let's put everything, let's put these arguments aside. Jesus, Jesus is sending the promise to us. We're here because he saved us. You think they had to remember that more than once? You think like they had to remember, hey, we're, we were all sinners, and Jesus came and saved, and we were all lost, and we are now found. Our, these differences don't matter. The only thing that matters is Jesus. And we we got we to be in unity together because God's about to send his spirit down. And, man, it took them 10 days, and they got in one accord, and then what happened? The Holy Spirit fell, and God began the revolution with his church. Whew! How much hope does that give me and you if we'll come together and we'll remember, hey, the one thing that unites us is Jesus, and he is enough. He is enough. He's enough to overcome all of our differences. He's enough to overcome maybe the lies of the enemy, the lies that the enemy's tried to bring you about who you are. Jesus is enough to to break the, the bonds of the deceiver over you. That lie that says that that nobody wants to be in a relationship with you. That lie that says you're not valuable enough to be friends with. That lie that says nobody's going to understand me if I tell them this. That lie that says, no, they're going to run away from me if I open up my heart to them. That's a lie, friends. It's a lie from the enemy designed to keep you isolated. But there's a designer. (laughs) His name is the Lord. And He's good, and His plan for you is good. His design for you is good. He chose you. Do you know that, Church? Like He chose us to carry on the message of the kingdom to a lost and dying world. He chose us. But you know what? It's not just. It is for Him, but it's also for you. That you know what? Who cries for community? We all do. Community is the cry of our hearts. If you don't realize it, it may be because the enemy has done such a good job in your life of just burying your true desires. I, I, I believe this with all my heart that if you're a child of God, you're a new creature, 2 Corinthians 5:17. And you know what that means that God has put a new heart in you, that desires to know him. It, did you know that? that you don't have to work to get hungry for God, that that is your natural being, is your natural state is to be in love with Jesus, is to cry, Abba, Father. It's all the things of the world that lay themselves upon us, that that lie to us, that we can't have what he promised us. It's all those lies that squelch that hunger. But you know what? The true desire of your heart as a new creature is to love god and hunger after god you know what that also means god has put a piece of himself in you and in me and so my hunger for god actually draws me towards you because i want the peace of god that's in you because by being in relationship with you it shows me something different about god and we get together and I'm like, wow, look at this creature. He's perfectly and wonderfully made. How great is he? How awesome is he? That's, that's what it means to be in community. It's to look past the idiosyncrasies and to say, you know what? You're uniquely and wonderfully made. What does what God put in you? I want to discover that. I want to, I want to pursue that in relationship with you. We need to have this conviction about one another that, man, there's something beautiful about each and every person in here. Oh, man, something beautiful beautiful. And you know what? Our hearts should break for those people that, that they're walking around with their heads hanging low because they don't know that truth about them. Maybe God wants to use you to help them discover that. So community is the cry of our hearts. Community is the cry of the world's heart. Man, the world needs to see this. And we may think it's strange, but just like Pentecost, it was strange, but the world was actually drawn in to the power of God. You know, it wasn't, I think, it wasn't just the miracles and signs and wonders that drew people in. It was this strange community that this strange group of people had with one another. Again, that's what Jesus said. They would know that you were my disciples by the way that you love one another. Our love is the strangest thing the world is ever gonna see. But you know what? There's a power behind it that they want it's strange because their hearts are going to be touched and they don't even know why. And I just believe that about this church. And I love that this church is so diverse too because I think it's just this greater billboard of the love of God. How can all these people that look so different go to church together? What a beautiful billboard and testimony that is. Amen. So, so community is the cry of our hearts. Community is the cry of the world's hearts. You know what? Community is the cry of God's heart. He sent his son to die for you. But he also sent his son to die for us. Do you, know, do you see the difference in that? It's not difference, but it's, it's, it's an even greater picture than Jesus died to save me. He died to save us. He, he died not just so that I could be restored. He died so that we could be restored together. He, he died for his body You're a part, if you're a believer, you're a part of a body and he died so that we could be this pure, spotless bride so that we could live in peace together. And you know what comes as a result of that? What verse 46, I'm sorry, yeah, verse 46 says, they ate together with gladness and simplicity of heart. Anybody want some more gladness and simplicity of heart in their life? I mean, let's all stand up together. Maybe you're in this place and you're just, you're like, Pastor Chase, gladness and simplicity is like the furthest thing from my life right now. I've been bogged down and just just so buried under life and just going from one thing to the other, to the other, to the other. My life is busy. Let me just ask you, is it possible that that busyness. You've made yourself busy to bury loneliness. Is it possible that you've gotten so lost in the doing that? Maybe you haven't even you haven't even gone up for air to think maybe maybe I'm lonely. I think there's a lot of things that we 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 say that we're struggling with, and what we're really struggling with is loneliness. And men, I'm talking to you especially. We get so wrapped up in our busyness. Do you know that the first thing God said wasn't good was Adam's loneliness? Not, it it wasn't, oh no, we forgot the other half of the baby making machine. We forgot, we forgot a wife for Adam. You know, that wasn't the first thing that God said was wrong. It was Adam's lonely. That speaks to me. Like God cares so much about community. God cares so much about partnership for you. My other question, men, speaking to men, how long would it have taken Adam to realize he was lonely? He was so wrapped up in the busyness of naming the animals. It, I, it was God that said Adam was lonely. Men, how, how often do we get wrapped up in our lives and our stuff? Man, I'm so fired up about men returning and being the spiritual leaders of their families to be the spiritual leaders of our church. I'm so fired up about it. I'm so fired up about it. Uh, I think we we as men, we just it's so easy to get lost and buried in in our doing. Man, like it's time. It's time for us to rise up. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment here. I know I've gone long, but I just want us to have a moment of reflection. Let's every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're in this place and you just say, Pastor Chase, I know I'm not living according to God's perfect design for my life. In fact, I've never even really made Jesus my Lord. I've never put him at the center of, I've, I've been running from him. You need to take that step today and receive his love for you, receive Jesus. Maybe you're here in this place where you you've, you are a believer, but you have let the enemy just distort God's design. You've been running away from community and from relationships. And in fact, maybe you even need a healing touch from God today. You're like, I, I know what you're telling me, Pastor James, but I'm just hurting and I need some healing. God's spirit is in the house to do that this morning. If that's you on any one of those, you, you need Jesus or you need healing or even if today you're just saying, you know what, I, I just need to get up and do it. I need to take the step. I need to start the clock with somebody. Start the 200 hour clock. And I want to do that today. If that's you on any one of those accounts, would you just lift up your hand just as a decision unto the Lord today, a way of saying, you know what, today is a new day. Any one of those accounts. I need Jesus or I need healing or you know what, I, I do need to just take a step towards community today amen amen hallelujah let's all just lift up our hands i just want to pray over us as a church that we would live according to his design father we thank you for saving us lord (laughs) god i thank you for your mercy and your grace god that you'd rescue us out of darkness you'd rescue us out of the strangeness of the world crooked and perverse generation, God, and bring us into your kingdom, into your marvelous light. I thank you for your design, God, the plan to place us in families, Lord, that we don't have to be orphans anymore. We don't have to live alone anymore. And God, we just commit today as a church to be the church. That you design, God, to pursue relationships, to pursue community, Father. Lord, so that you can be glorified, Father, and so that we can live a life that's full of life and abundance and fulfillment, God. We thank you that your design is for our best, our best life, God, and for your glory, Lord. And Father, we just pray, God, Lord, that, that you you would you would bring, Father, the people that we're supposed to be in relationship and community with. Show us who they are, God. Show us who they are. Give us the strength to move forward. Give us the strength to press through. Heal us from past hurts and wounds, God. We pray, Lord. We thank you, Father, for it. Be glorified in it and through it, Lord. We give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.